0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! I am revved up and very excited to share with you today a fellow podcaster named Brady Wright. He's calling in from Linwood, Washington, which is actually not too far from Gig Harbor here, just up the road a little ways. Brady Wright is a lifelong motor enthusiast and a builder of all kinds of vehicles, from motorcycles to hot rods, but that's not all. He crafts canes and walking sticks, guitars, and other musical instruments, audio gear, and a whole lot more. To say he is a hands-on creator is a bit of an understatement. With over 25 years as a broadcaster and trainer, today he hosts the automotive podcast called Horsepower, Chrome, and Rust. Brady also produces car shows throughout the Northwest. We're going to learn a lot more about Brady in a minute, but first a word from our valuable sponsors that makes Cars Yeah! possible, and we'll be right back. Do you know the best way? To protect your special vehicle, both the inside and the outside, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, back when I was in high school. I've been around a long time. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking brand new. And they have manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design for a very long time. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom pattern vehicle covers, and they're crafted to fit tens of thousands of patterns, and that's growing. You can choose from a dozen fabric options and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. i protected my rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you know what? You should too, and I've got a deal for you. Right now, you can get 10% off your order using a special Cars yeah code. The code is YEAH120. Use that code when you check out and you get 10% off your order. What a deal. That's at Covercraft.com. Be sure to use the code YEAH120 at checkout for your 10% off. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code cars. Yeah, that's right. 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy Sell Whole podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yeah website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's buy, sell, hold, the essence of collecting. Hey, Brady, welcome back to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I am so buckled up, we have no limit to the speed we will attain. <laughs>
0: Very cool. We'll have some fun. Well, before we get rolling here, I want you to tell our listeners maybe one little thing about Brady Wright that most people don't know.
1: Ooh, most people don't know that I lived in Spain for a full year. And at one time, I was pretty fluent in Spanish. Now I no me Uh, (laughs) recuerdo. But I I did okay for a long time.
0: Bueno, bueno. Well, uh, Spain, now what a wonderful country to live in. Uh, And what were you doing in Spain?
1: You know, I actually went over there. This goes back a ways. So some of the people who are familiar with Recreational Equipment Incorporated, the REI Co-op, back in the day, they used to offer charter flights and vacation trips and travel and things like that. And so they had a 99-day charter to Europe. And they, coupled with a company called Shipside, and you could buy a car or a motorcycle to travel around with and then have it shipped back at the end of the trip. So I did that, and 99 days turned into about nine and a half months. And uh, I rode around Europe and uh, spent about three months in Spain uh, on a brand-new Triumph 650 Daytona.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
1: At at the time, now of course this is many years ago, but yeah, I I sort of gravitated to Spain along the Costa Dorada in a little town called Sitges and Barcelona and I spent some time in Valencia and uh, it was was a marvelous way to kind of take that five years of conversational Spanish that I learned in college (laughs) and make some sort of use out of it. It It's grand. I would do it again in a heartbeat except now these days my wife would make me take her with you.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say, you must have been a single guy and, uh, you know, carefree and uh, hair flowing in the wind and just like, you know, I'm going to go do this. How old were you at the time?
1: I was 24.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah,
1: Yeah. all of that. Exactly right.
0: Well, that's the time in your life you can pull that kind of stuff off.
1: Yes, it's true.
0: (laughs) Although, unless you're a real daring person, and I've known some people that just do that kind of thing, but otherwise we get a little settled down in our ways. Well, how fun that must have been. Well, we're going to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has a, a meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning or that triumph's wheels turning. So, Brady, <laughs> grab the handlebars and twist your wrist. Well,
1: speaking of, speaking of grabbing the handlebars, this actually is a quote from a friend of mine years ago when I was first getting into the broadcast business. A guy by the name of Ray Kicker, who is gone now and, my, and the world is poorer for that, he told me, he said, listen... If you're going to make a living talking, you have to understand you're judged every day by the way you speak. And I thought, how interesting is that? And I don't mean that. He didn't mean that in a negative way. He meant that people, every time you open your mouth, people make a judgment about you based on what you say and the way you say it. And it could be positive, could be negative, but you're actually in control that, of that. You can't keep it from happening, but you can control the way people do if you understand that language is just a tool. And somehow, 29 years later, when you know, I finally did everything I ever wanted to do in the broadcast business, I came to realize that that is absolutely true. You really do kind of guide people to think about you what you want them to think, I guess. It sounds manipulative, but it's not in the slightest.
0: You know, it's very interesting. Now I wish you'd been around about six years ago when I started this to tell me that. Now I've got to go, oh my gosh, what have I said?
1: No, don't go back and listen to the old shows. Don't do that. No, <laughs> it's, I don't it's
0: I don't do that. No, hopefully Uh-oh. I've gotten a little better over time with this. Every day is an improvement, but I believe you're right. You think about actors this way. People judge them by, by the way they look, by the way they act. Uh, and of course, by the way they speak, but for those of us that are audio only pretty much, although I did have a TV show last year, so I kind of crawled into that world, which was a bizarre world, but it was quite fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but I think in a way, would you agree that we're all judged all the time by our actions? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, actions for certain,
1: and communications for certain as well language is the most powerful skill we can develop i mean it is the basis for friendship for understanding for love for honor all those things that actually matter you know we spend a lot of time in this in this hobby about cars and and fun stuff and i you know i love it to the core of my being but it pales in importance to truth and to honor and to the kind of character that you that you share with people and language is that the kind of the window to that part of the soul if i can get a little bit deep here
0: I think for people like you and I, would you agree? I mean, we try to be influencers. We try to share stories and things with people. So we do take what we're doing rather seriously because it is our profession. And for someone like you, I mean, you've been doing this five times longer than I have. So I have a lot to learn from a master like you. So... uh
1: now I'm going to have to be humble and kick a rock. I, you know, I, every day you try to learn something new. You try to, you know, take a look at what you're doing and see if it makes if it makes sense, if it reaches the goal of, you know, communication. I mean, I'm probably about six feet away from being a grammar Nazi at any given moment. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, that's not necessarily the goal. The goal is to try to reach people at the level that they're, you know, most comfortable with and make a connection. The connection is the thing.
0: Well, let's talk about how you make connections this podcast, you have Horsepower, Chrome, and Rust. Let's talk more about that. Share with my listeners more about you so they can go out there for one thing and find you. If they haven't already found you, they probably have. But if they haven't, what is your podcast all about? What do you do? What I mean, it's obvious, Horsepower, Chrome, and Rust. I kind of get it. But what's, <laughs> what's the crux of what your podcast is all about?
1: Well, to give you a little bit of background, the whole idea of the podcast came from a friend of mine. My producer, Steve Johan, is a great guy, and I've known him for a long, long time When I was several, oh, 10, 12 years ago, I was the training and marketing manager for a string of Harley-Davidson dealerships. Oh, cool. And Steve Steve came to me and said, hey, I want to put together a podcast that's all about, you know, Harleys and motorcycle riding and things. And I wonder if you'd be interested in being the host. I said, I'd love to, but I just don't have the time. So I referred him to a friend of mine who ended up doing the show for 10 years. It was really great. It was called The Hog Radio Show, and it won a bunch of awards during the time period. Then he decided that he'd kind of covered that as much as could be done. And he decided, you know what, there's a great big community of motorcyclists, but there's an even more gigantic community of car people, all different kinds of car people. We should do a show that talks about cars, but we can't just do a car. We have to really see if we can reach just about everybody. So what are the three, we sat, had a whole, you know, conversation about what's the thing that could kind of reach everybody and we said well horsepower is one certainly chrome is flashy and rust is something that's endemic of of the car repairing and and fixing and customizing business So that's how the title came up. And then we got ourselves a master mechanic who uh, is one of the co-hosts of the show. His name is Shane Osborne, and he uh, he runs and operates Witch Doctor Restorations. And Steve, of course, is the producer, and uh, they brought me in to be essentially the, the vocal part of the host. But I go back to producing car shows, and I, I've produced a ton of motorcycle shows over the years. And I've built just about every kind of vehicle up until the the time I started doing the show, and I thought, "Yeah, I better build a couple of cars." I've owned hot rods, but I've never actually built one. So this seemed like a perfect opportunity. So uh, uh, that's kind of the genesis of the show. Um, we are a weekly podcast. It's a one-hour show. We're on Spotify and Podomatic and iTunes and iHeart and all of the, you know, the usual types of things that you can find. It's always Horsepower, Chrome and Rust. And just a couple of weeks ago, we uh, began our YouTube channel. So we're, you're trying to get video as well as audio, but primarily we've been an audio sort of show. Having a lot of fun. We modestly, Mark, bill ourselves as the greatest automotive podcast in the known world. There you go. Awesome. Very cool. (laughs) That leaves us some room for improvement, as you can imagine. Well,
0: always. Yeah, I can always improve and change. Now, do you have guests on the show or is it you guys talk? You do. Okay great yeah every every basically every show uh,
1: every every week we have a guest of some sort some of them come into the studio and some of them obviously we do on the phone for distance and things but it covers all kinds of things from drag racers to car builders to people like Chip Foose and and the movers and shakers of the business we talk to designers we talk to drag racers and champions and all you know everybody we can possibly think of uh, including a lot of local people who are doing things that we're willing to talk to and promote. People with car clubs, or shows that they want to produce, or places like some of the venues where car groups meet. We would love to talk to those guys and see what makes them tick. So really, all is all is grist that comes to our mill, and uh, we'd usually do about 35, 40 minutes worth of interviews per. Uh, Show and then we also have a weekly trivia question and uh, some industry news and we even do a story time segment Lots of fun.
0: <laughs> oh, very nice. And again, uh, do you have a website? Is that where people can go to learn more about it? Or is it the best thing for them to use their mobile podcast apps to find you guys?
1: You can certainly do the podcast apps. That would be great. Of course, you can go to Facebook. We're on there as Horsepower Chrome and Rust, naturally. We do have a website, obviously, HorsepowerChromeandRust.com. We kind of focus more on. Uh, the podcast itself and, and those apps, you know, you can, of course, through your phone or your computer either way, however you get your podcasts. I'm sure that, you know, any, any way that people find cars, yeah, which, by the way, I love. I have to I have to just absolutely sort of bow to the altar of your of your show. You have a great show. I spent the last few days and I I've, I've heard your show before, but I spent the last few days kind of folding through your over 1500 guests and boy, you have got some great people, very very uh, impressive list.
0: Well, I'm sure yeah. we've talked to a lot of the same people over time. We we have. <laughs> yeah, which is is really fun and uh yeah, sometimes I don't believe that number. You know, today you're 1539 and I stop and go, well, "How did I talk to some many people. Yeah, How did this happen? And I don't feel anywhere near that old. Well, <laughs> well sometimes I feel older than I am, you know, from, from what I'm doing here. Now we started a second podcast with Keith Martin, we call buy, sell, hold, the essence of collecting where we interview once a week people in the collector car world who yeah. use that as a career. So that's something kind of new. Having a co-host in the show is kind of fun for me, different. And most of the guests so far, or I've already had all my cars yeah, podcasts. So I already know them. So there's a comfort level. Because a- have right. you found when you do podcasting with some guests that maybe aren't celebrity-ish, uh, there's a bit of a hesitancy, they're a little nervous. And have you uncovered that? Because I even had friends when I started this that didn't want to come on. They were so afraid. Afraid of talking in public, did you have you encountered any of that, or do you guys pr- pretty much stick with pros?
1: You know, it's it's a perfect question, and every, I I've cannot tell you how often we get that very same thing. I'm not a professional. I'm going to sound terrible. I don't want to say anything silly, and all of that. And our whole. Our whole mantra is, this is just a conversation between a bunch of car guys. You would probably have the same thing if we met at the drive-in and, you know, I was looking at your car. And so that's really the kind of approach that we take. And we talk to people ahead of time. You know, you and I spoke a little bit before we get on the on the air here. And, uh, you know, we try to put them at ease and say, look, that nothing... That can possibly be said can't be fixed in editing. (laughs) So just have fun and we'll be fine. And even the most nervous and reticent of people end up being just fine because we don't, you know, carry ourselves as anything other than just, like I say, a bunch of car guys.
0: Yeah, I think people, after a while, they just forget it's being recorded and they just start talking. I remind my listeners that Brady's invited me to be a guest on his show so I'll let you guys know when that's going to be so that uh, you can listen to the mic getting flipped on me and see how well I do. (laughs) Don't be nervous Mark. I I don't (laughs) know about this Brady. All right, well listen we're going to talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career or your life. Something that really kind of pushed you to the edge but more importantly what was the lesson learned so that you could come out of it in a positive way. So tell us a story.
1: Wow. This is actually something that I kind of live by. I I was very, very fortunate to be uh, the son of a father who told me, don't ever be afraid to fail. In fact, the bigger you fail, the more you will learn, and it's okay to fail. And I've I've been extremely fortunate to work for and with some people over the years who kind of shared that. And maybe it's just, that's the kind of person that I seek out to, uh, to collaborate with. But yeah, I, I have made some spectacular failures, but I, one that comes to mind, it really isn't car related at all, but it, it definitely <laughs> centered me as an individual. I was charged with one time trying to build an entire training, pro. sorry, charged with sounds like a crime. It really wasn't.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, are we going to learn something that most people don't know about your past here? <laughs> Honest, Honest
1: your honor. I had no idea. Yes. Um, I, my my trust was to build an entire training program for a company that had about 7,500 employees, 41 oh, wow. locations in six states. And my job was to revamp their entire training program from the bottom up with the goal that they would essentially create a new standard for uh, customer service and product knowledge. That was the deal. And I was a corporate trainer for a number of years after my broadcasting career, and it was it was a magnificent shot. I thought, I can do this. In my <laughs> ego-driven furor, I said, no, I can do this, I can do this. I can. And I did the best that I could. I found training games. I found magnificent ways to explain the processes. I found videos. I found other things that would help me to, to develop this system. And it was really, really good. And it was really, really over budget. And it was really, really hated <laughs> by the board when they saw it. They said, no, we cannot possibly. Do you realize this would take us six weeks of training to get these people up to speed, we need them to hit the ground running in about three days. And I said, well, you, I can build you a three-day program, but it won't have any of the richness of this, and these people will not be ready to do what you want them to do in three days. And they said, well, we don't need you to do this then. Uh, and I, goodbye. I, I talked myself out of a job oh, by being goodness. too good. At least that's my take on it.
0: <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. Well, let's go to the end of that story, which it's a great story, by the way, and I, I can relate to it. I, I built training programs and things for yes. the last company I was with. But what was the, the lesson that you did take out? of it? Because obviously they didn't take your idea to heart. They didn't do that. It didn't work for them for whatever reason they decided. So what was the takeaway for you?
1: The takeaway, actually there were two. Of course, the obvious one is build what they want you to build and get that clear in front. Mm. But the second one was understand the needs of the market. You know, what I wanted to do was magnificent. If I do say so myself, but it <laughs> wasn't really what they wanted, right. and you know, just because I could do it didn't mean it needed to be done. So I mean, I I failed huge, and I went home and kind of I sat in the parking lot after I was released, and I mm-hmm. said, I I this is not what I thought was going to happen. No, but I realized, you know, a day or so, I let myself wallow for a while because you do, but then I realized a couple of days later, you know what? That was the best lesson that I could possibly have gotten in this context because it taught me that, you know, you got to look a little closer than just the front page. Right, right. It was formative, if I do say so myself.
0: (laughs) Well, the takeaway I hear, and I can relate to this because I worked for 11 years in uh, advertising. I was a creative director. I also did some work as a... um, Account supervisor, if you will. So I'd go out and find right. the accounts and oversee them yes. and then design everything. And as a designer, you're bringing forth your heart and soul, right? You're presenting these things you've worked oh, very yeah. hard at. And people go, nope, ugly, next. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, yes. It is uh, to ask a lot of great questions at the beginning before you – Undertake such a huge endeavor because that sounded like a huge endeavor for a very large company. So is that the, uh, one of those big golden nugget takeaways you'd, uh, you'd offer here is ask a whole lot of great questions and then listen to the answers at the beginning?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely that. Plus, don't be afraid to go against what you think you ought to do. Not only listen, but be not afraid to blow up the paradigm. That's valuable information in life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I have taken to heart since
0: then. Oh, sure. Yeah, I've been there, done that many times. So you <laughs> brought up a lot of thoughts here in my mind of you're bushing around going, oh, I didn't want to remember that. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's helpful. It's it very is helpful. helpful to remember those things. Yes, I <laughs> because know. Because then you don't
1: do them twice. Mark, Absolutely. And that is, that is the key.
0: Yeah, don't cross-thread the spark plugs (laughs) when you're putting them into the yeah yeah that's only fun once only once yeah let's take a short break thank our sponsors and we're going to be right back and talk cars so hang tight if you're listening to cars yeah you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride but how confident are you working on your finances you may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know. Everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars, yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark.carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars yeah! website at carsyeah.com All right, we're back here, Brady, and I want you to share a story with us that instigated this personal passion that you have for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when? you knew that you were gonna be a car guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely there is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of them, and I could pick probably six or seven really key stories, but the one that actually made me me convinced, made me know, I wanna do this, Interestingly enough was sort of another failure although it was not mine I was a kid of 13 and I was helping a neighbor and his cousin fix the engine and and tune up He had a 39 Ford sedan and he was in his garage doing it a small garage one car garage And wh- he was trying to set the high idle on this thing It was an old flathead motor and uh, he stuck a piece of wood against the gas pedal embraced it against the seat oh to try to get the, to, you know, to try to get the, 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 you know, you know, the deal. <laughs> yeah. So it's again, small garage, not much room to get around the car. So, we're up there in the front watching him fiddle around with the car again. I'm 13 years old. So this is all very cool to me. And I am watching and watching and the stick of course slipped the engine maxed out. (laughs) The head gasket blew. The garage was filled with smoke. We couldn't get around fast enough to, you know, to shut it down. Oil, colorful Anglo-Saxon language, you know, filled the air. (laughs) And, uh, I knew, I mean, he, of course, was devastated because he probably spent his last 25 bucks to buy the car in the first place. (laughs) But I knew right then, I knew, like, I have to learn how to do that without blowing up the car. It it fascinated me that, okay, that's what happens when you fail. So now I got to learn how to do that without messing it up. And I am constantly in search of, you know, new building challenges and stuff. I've never been afraid to fail. In your very kind introduction, you talked about some of the stuff that I build. I'm sort of a renaissance man. I like to get interested in, in a variety of things. And eventually, if it's at all physical... If I like it enough, I'll try to build one, which is why I have built canes and swords and walking sticks and knives and motorcycles and musical instruments. I built a guitar because I had never done it, and I still have it. It's a five string bass. Now, my latest musical instrument project is I'm building a hurdy gurdy. And most people have no idea. Hurdy gurdy? Yeah, most people have no idea what
0: it is. Okay, I'm going to ask then what's a hurdy gurdy?
1: Okay if you you will google now people will be rushing to google hurdy gurdy h u r d y okay. g u r d y and it is an old school stringed instrument that looks kind of like a combination between a giant gourd and a seven string guitar neck and there's a crank like at the bottom Sounds like a sitar it, Well it but it's not that long the length is probably you could hold it in your hands if it were uh, uh you know like it's about the size of a of a Two-year-old kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and there's a crank on the bottom. You turn that, and it produces a vibration through a wheel that goes across the string. So it's sort of like a constantly bowed violin. Wow. But there's also keys that change the, the, the notes. And if you if you ever wanted to hear what one sounds like, go to the uh, Stars TV series Black Sails and listen to the theme song to Black Sails, That is a Hurdy-Gurdy. Oh.
0: And, okay, uh, I think the I know guy, what you're talking about. Yeah, It's
1: it's an amazing sound, and again, I, I listened to it for a while, and I looked at it, and I thought, you know what? I can build one of these things. <laughs> I'm about two-thirds of the way through, nice. and it's going to work, but <laughs> my wow. wife says... You have to stop fooling around with that thing and finish building the two hot rods we got in the uh, the
0: back of the house. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Hurdy-gurdy. Well, I learned some today. Fantastic. Now I'm going to, yeah, as soon as we're done, I'm going to be going and listening to Hurdy-gurdy's all night long. Very cool. Well, let's talk about cars a little bit. You You bet. Talk about hot rods you built, motorcycles, those two cars that your wife needs you to get done and get out of the garage. (laughs) What was your really, well, I should say, what was your first really special Car first car you got, you went, man, I've always wanted something this cool. What was
1: it? <laughs> well, let's we have to we had to look at the definition of cool here, but okay. bear with.
0: Well, your definition, Maybe maybe not mine, but yours.
1: <laughs> know, my definition of cool was something that I wanted to to play with. So I actually have two, but the first really special car for me was a 1960 Morris Minor convertible. Oh yeah, and. I bought the car because I had never had a British car, and people who have had British cars are now chuckling into their sleeves, going, ah, you learned about the electrical system. Yes, I did.
0: Dr. Lucas. I had to
1: fix nearly every major moving component, and I had made some parts of of that car while I had it for about a year and a half, and it was was an experience that taught me not to fear just diving in. I had a lot of fun with that car, even though I probably spent more time taking it apart and putting it together than I did driving it. But it was great because th- it told me don't be afraid. It, there's yeah. nothing that can go wrong except you got to buy a new one. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Yeah. The second. It uh, wasn't actually a car, but it was a vehicle. I bought a 1968 Harley Davidson police bike from the Seattle police auction one time. It was one of the ones that they couldn't sell. And I took it down to the frame and I turned it into a full bore chopper with a 16 inch over front end and an inch and a quarter rake and a hard tail. And I never drew a picture. I never took a measurement. It was before a lot of custom parts were even made or sold. You couldn't just go buy the stuff. Uh, I did most of it in a friend's garage and shop and, and literally we made it up as we went. And in the end, it tracked just like it was on rails. I eventually, I rode it all over the countryside. I eventually took it out to uh, one of our local racetracks here, Seattle International Raceways. And uh, I made a running start through the traps just to see how fast it would go. And I still have the ticket at 141.3.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's fast on a bike. Holy cow. It was
1: terrifying. I'm telling you, it was terrifying.
0: Especially, uh, yeah, 68 Harley-Davidson ex police motorcycle that's been highly customized. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're still alive to tell us the story. So you made it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I later drove off the road on that track at about 80 miles an hour in a completely different bike. But uh, that was, I was racing and it was not a good, not a good. Although I didn't die. So that was okay. That was another one of those failures that taught me a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I've gone off that track a few times. Once was as a passenger in a coach's M3 where we went off Ooh. 5B, uh, went off the track and if you know 5B, there's a bit I of a slope. We flipped the car over and slid down the hill. So uh,
1: Yeah, that's yeah. only fun once.
0: <laughs> yeah, luckily it wasn't my M3, it was his M3 and he was yeah. driving. But uh, oh, yeah, that track you got to be careful on. Very it cool. Is. You know, my father, I love British cars. That's what got me started. He had a 49 MGTC. My first ride in a sports car was an MGA when I was less than one year old, but I really wanted to buy this neighbor's TR4 Triumph. And Ah, I just wanted that car so bad. And my dad kept saying, do you want a car you're going to have to work on all the time or a car you can (laughs) drive?
1: Your dad was an intelligent guy.
0: Well, he had an MG, right? So he had a couple MGs, (laughs) so he knew what it was like. So I opted to buy a Karmagia, which was a much better option because my good friend bought that TR4 and about Two months later, the engine grenaded and sat <laughs> in his garage for two years, and he never drove it again. So,
1: And the Carmen Gio was a great-looking car. A
0: great car. Yeah, it was yeah, a fun Yeah, they car. were a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that car. How about this question? I'll bet nobody's ever asked you this. If you woke up tomorrow, Brady, and you were a vehicle, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Brady Wright be and why?
1: <laughs> that I love this question. I love this. Oh, now you're going to make me think. All yes. right. All right. Okay. I think, I think I got it. I would be a 1948 Tucker Torpedo.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. And I'll tell yeah. you why.
1: I'll tell you why. And this, this doesn't assume that it's such a rare vehicle, because I know there's only about you know, 11 of them left. But I think it's because it was a thing that was outside of the conventional wisdom. It just kind of shrugged its shoulders at the rules and the limits. It completely took the world it was faced with, with some fresh eyes. It refused to compromise, but it could run with most all of them in the most civilized you know, manner when, <laughs> when it needed to. But it, it's kind of, to me, that Tucker's always been kind of the car version of a wink and a grin. You know, It's like, oh yeah, you think you know, but you don't. <laughs> right. I love the story. You know, When Jeff Bridges did the movie, Tucker, I, I cannot tell you how many times I saw it. I mean, probably a dozen. It's such a great story. And, uh, of course you're, I know you're familiar with the, uh, LeMay, um, they
0: got a a blue one there.
1: They have one down there. They won't let you touch it, but it's, (laughs) it's very cool. And, uh, I would, I would still, I I would have one today if there was no money
0: involved. Well, the torpedo was something completely kind of crazy and wild. I mean, that was another whole different kind of idea of what they were going to do i don't think they ever manufactured any of those cars and i know a guest i've had on the show here he actually built one uh um, ah. took many years to actually complete that and the whole i remember the unique thing about it everything's unique about a tucker but the front wheels and whole fenders turn with the yeah. wheels which is really bizarre yeah.
1: there's a there's a kit car version of them which i think is what you're talking about the the headlight turned with the wheels the center headlight turned with the wheels mm-hmm and uh, originally, it had uh, a rear engine. It had they they wanted to put the designer wanted to put a helicopter motor in it because they had access to them, and it would have been just scary powerful. But they they couldn't get clearance to do it. And by that time, the big three was sort of against them, so uh, they ended up going to the motor they did. But what an amazing vision! <laughs> I well, just you I know just those
0: cars were really interesting because as I recall, there was a lot of safety features on that car that were not. On normal cars, yeah. Uh, at the time, uh, Rob Ida, who um, built, uh, has restored a couple tuckers and built some amazing builds. I mean, they, he and his team—they're just doing insane stuff. But they took. Were you able to see that Tucker that they that kind of customized hot rod version they brought to SEMA a couple years ago?
1: I saw pictures of it. I didn't. I didn't yeah, go, back to see the pictures. It yeah, it
0: was insane and sexy. And- very yeah, yeah, They took Rob and his team. They took that to a whole nother level, uh, and I think it blew a lot of people away because to take a Tucker number one, but then modify it, yeah, uh, is quite something. Because they're so that's gutsy, rare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: you can't you can't afford to make a mistake with that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, Preston Tucker, who's a great grandson, who I believe they built a the car for, he is a past guest here on Cars Yeah, which has oh, some nice. really interesting stories to tell. So very nicely said. All right, I think you're the first Tucker on the show. So that makes <laughs> you very unique. Well, we are entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Tucker torpedo throttle. So here <laughs> we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes throughout your life?
1: Wow. Well, aside from being just devastatingly good looking. Um, so the girls I, tell me. Well, yeah. I have to. Well, never mind.
0: Well, your wife told me that. Yeah, well, she does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God, love her. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, nice a, lady. Woman with,
1: a woman with vision. <laughs> Great taste, too. I uh, I try to think for a while before I speak and before I act, too. I mean, I, and the reason is, it sounds altruistic, but really it's I hate having to do something twice. I want to do it right the first time if I can. And of course I don't always, but I find that if you take a little bit of time and kind of walk yourself through it, you end up failing less.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. And succeeding more. Now, how about if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be?
1: Oh, Oh, Ooh, good one. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Steve McQueen.
0: Oh, huh? well, there you go. That would be cool. The king of cool.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they say, well, actor. But you know what? He walked the walk. He did all of that stuff, and and he was a motorcyclist, and a, you know, he did all kinds of things. And everything that he did, he did with style. But he also did it with honesty. He was not afraid to get dirty. He was not afraid to run the you know run the track that hadn't been run before. And I would love to sit down and just talk to him about that.
0: Yeah, you know, incredible guy. I've been very fortunate to get to know his son Chad. He's been a guest ah. on the show a few times here and nice. And uh, amazing story. And I learned a lot of things about Steve McQueen that I didn't know when Chad was on uh, about his dad and his youth in particular. And then how he's left an endowment to the Boys Republic uh, there in California to help them. Amazing. Last year they raised over, or two years ago, they raised over a million, no, it was last year, over a million dollars to help that school. They built a new um, cuisine center, cooking center to to help the uh, kind of wayward boys and girls there to learn how to work in kitchens and get jobs once they kind of straighten their lives out. So, uh, yeah. that's pretty great he's pretty cool well, now that's
1: two shows two that's two of your shows i'm going to have to go look up preston tucker and chad mcqueen
0: yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> and they put on a car show every year the boy uh this friends of steve mcqueen car show and they have motorcycles there because of course steve rode motorcycles right i mean he was he did everything I mean,
1: yeah he's he kind of like
0: the james bond of guys you know it's just very yeah. cool and of course that famous bullet sold last year that yeah. Sean owned that was the original bullet car and i think they Got like three point something million bucks for that. Yeah, so. it was
1: just elephant dollars and probably worth every nickel. Yeah, <laughs>
0: there you go. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you?
1: <laughs> well, I, I wish I could. I could lay this on just one person, but many people have said this to me, oh. and the advice is simple: it's three words. Just dive in. Yeah, just do it. it. Don't think too much about it, because I will. If you leave me alone, I'll think about it for a month. Mm-hmm. But. Just dive in. Just go do it. So, for example, I, right now, I am building a 1941 GMC pickup into a rat rod ice cream truck just because oh I my want gosh. to. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do this halfway. I'm going to chop the top. So I took four inches out of the top. Now, mind you, I'd never chopped a top before, wow. and those things aren't exactly square. No. Well, I learned all of that. <laughs> yeah. No, you
0: know, yeah, chopping tops is not as easy as it sounds. It doesn't, no, doesn't work. No. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. But it was fun. And, you
1: know, yeah. eventually it'll it'll almost be square.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, wow, uh, you're a brave fella. That's for sure. How about a resource? Is there one out there that's a go to for you? You'd like to share?
1: You know there's tons and tons of resources. I, I wish I could say that there was just one, but you know I try to look up what I need when I need it, and I am not afraid to go you know searching through Google and searching through uh, you know the, the various websites and things suppliers, my gosh I'm a, I, have, I have literally have a file on my computer in the browser that has probably 200 websites oh that I go gosh. to regularly, wow, just wow. depending on what I'm trying to find out, so uh, I guess I'm going to say the best. Ad- the best resource is Google. <laughs> Just Google whatever you need. There's something out there. Or YouTube. I've found all kinds of videos that were helpful in doing stuff that somebody on YouTube already did. There's kind of nothing new in the world, you know?
0: <laughs> well, you yeah, you can learn how to extract your own teeth on YouTube. So, you know. That's, that's
1: not one I want to do, <laughs> but... Never can tell. Maybe if I get interested enough, I'll build one.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A special tool for that. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you can test on yourself. I'm I'm not going to be around that day.
1: I think I think that tool would involve whiskey and probably a I, lot. A of
0: it. lot of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our uh, listeners should crack open and enjoy?
1: Yeah, you know, there's actually three of them, and I I know that you probably have talked uh, about it. If you haven't, you certainly should. I dearly love the old car nut book, all three of them. Uh, David Dickinson is the compiler. He doesn't like the term author, because he basically (laughs) just took all the stories that everybody tells about their cars and stuff they've done and racing and you know, things like that, and put them in these books. And they're on Amazon. You can get them from, uh, you know, his own website. And uh, the old car nut books, the thing that, that hooked me on David Uh, was he came as a guest on our show one time, uh, back when, and in the, I think it's in book two, there is the original story, the true story and background of the hot rod Lincoln. And everybody's heard the story. Well, the car existed and it's local. And, uh, he walks through that entire story and it fascinated me. Just absolutely fascinated me. It's all the stuff that you did growing up and a lot of them you'd never heard of. In fact, I'm kind of hoping to collaborate with David on the fourth book. He's, he's not you know, that hot about doing it. And I said, I'll help. I'll go straight. I'll do something. So maybe maybe there'll be a fourth one coming up soon.
0: Well, I hope so. Yeah, I got to know him a while back and he actually uh, I wrote a story in one of his books uh, about, oh, okay. yeah, about a trip I took with my son. So, yeah, very aware of David. He's a great guy. Um, great books. I'll make sure I put a links to those books on Brady Wright's show notes page on the Cars Yow website. Just go to com. type in Brady Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. And that will be right there for you to find, along with over sixteen hundred. Books listed on the resources tab, guest recommended books. You could fill the whole library with all the books that my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have recommended. All right, Brady, we're up to the checkered flag, and today I'm going to buy you something very cool. I like to say this is a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a collector car, but there are some rules to this game since I'm writing the check. Uh, I want you to drive it and enjoy it. No garage queens. I want you to uh, actually be the only collector car. This is the hard part. It's the only collector car you can have, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars back or add to your collection. So that little <laughs> me that here. little trick like when you get the genie's wish, yeah, I want a thousand uh-huh. wishes. No, nope, can't can't do that. Can't, can't wish for more wishes. Nope. Just one car. So what can I buy you today? Oh man.
1: All right. Well I'm gonna tell you I oh ooh see now I'm rethinking this. Okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, my folks took a trip back east. Yeah. And they took a car trip and they took us along and we made a stop in Reno, Nevada mm-hmm. and we stopped at Bill Harris Auto Collection. Yeah. And at the time, it was filled with all kinds of just automotive amazement. And I I took picture after picture after picture with my little brownie camera, changed film about 20 times. But the one that I still have, the one that I still drool after, and will probably never be able to afford, so I'm really glad that you were writing the check for this.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> this is the 1937 Talbot Lago T150.
0: Yeah, I know that car, yeah.
1: Man, I am telling you, that even as a kid, this thing, if there was such a thing as automotive sex, (laughs) that this is what it was. It's just, it's so swoopy and sleek and it's, it would just, and it was right hand drive, which was even weirder to me, but I, I, I mean, obviously I get it now, but I mean, the trim, the coachwork. I've always been a fan of coachwork. I've always been a fan. And then, of course, I'm building a rat rod, so it doesn't seem like that should be a disconnect at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, that, that's absolutely it. A lot of people would go with the Delahaye. The 36 Delahaye has a similar yeah, look. Similar, yeah. But no, the Talbot Lago was it. That's the one for me.
0: Yeah, it's an incredible car. Have you ever been to Peter Mullen's uh, collection in uh, Oxnard, California?
1: I have not. I've seen pictures, but you, I haven't. You
0: got to go. He was a guest on my show. And he, for those listeners out there, you can look up his museum, Mullen Museum. It's absolutely insane. It's it's filled with cars <laughs> like this. Just yeah, filled with cars like this. And of course, that car that you chose... Oh my gosh. It, it's hard to under. You just have to Google it, listeners, because if you haven't seen it, if you know what we're talking about, it's called the teardrop, I believe. And yes. It's, yes. it's like a big teardrop, it's very liquidy. Uh, you yeah. can just see it, the fenders flowing, and you could see it's almost to me a bit like a cartoon card, but a very elegant cartoon car like those old those oh. old cartoons you remember with the car when it stopped the whole car kind of crinkled up and then twisted back and settled down and it, yeah. yeah it
1: seems like it ought to be made from rubber it's yes, just yes. it's just that golden
0: magical car all right well oh my gosh you're expensive date <laughs> holy cow uh, yeah, that, that would do you well, my friend. I think that would be pretty darn cool. Well, I'll get to work on that. Don't what your breath. Okay. may take me a little right. while to right. save up, especially this, check back. <laughs> this day and age with what's going on in the economy right now, but, uh, it'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. We're going to be, we're all going to be okay. You've taken us on an amazing ride today. This has been fun, Brady, to learn from a master like you. I feel very humbled to be able to have you as a guest on the show here. Would you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the Pacific Northwest? West Sunset in that 37 Taubo Lago (laughs) T-150?
1: Well, I guess if I had to offer something, I would say, just don't be afraid to chase it. It may seem like it's out of your reach. It may seem like you don't have the qualifications or the experience or you're just not ready. Take the step. Just do it. Just do it. All that can happen is that you fail a little bit, but then you just go back and hit it again and hit it again. You can't be afraid to do that because life is on the other side of that step.
0: Where fear pushes you back, life begins, I should say. And uh, yeah, just, good one. No, just like jump it. in is what Brady says. Yep, and how, how can people find out more about Brady Wright horsepower, chrome, and rust?
1: Well, obviously, you know, as we said, Horsepower, Chrome, and Rust is a weekly podcast. We cover the entire automotive world, and we're on Podomatic and Spotify and iHeart and iTunes. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube, and of course, if you like and share our show, then we'll be, you know, really happy with that. In fact, if you do that, then our audience will be doubled, so that'd be just terrific. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and I'm in there all over the place. Uh, You can see my picture if you really, really want to, or you can... Turn away, which many people do, but yeah, de- definitely check us out.
0: Us podcasters, we've got a face for face for radio. They yeah, say. perfect so, face for radio. That's yeah, it. <laughs> absolutely. Again, listeners, I encourage you to check this out. I think you'll like Brady quite a bit. Horsepower, horsepower, horsepower. See, I gotta learn how to speak like you, eloquently Don't worry.
1: Don't worry about failing. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> just, blah, just so blah blah in. blah blah blah. Horsepower,
0: I, chrome, and rust. You'll enjoy everything about it. I'll make sure I put links to all those things on Brady's show notes page so if you're driving right now you don't need to look down at your phone just keep driving look ahead and you can pull over and do that later Brady thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners until you and I talk again I'll see you down the road
1: I will do it Mark thank you so much you are a very cordial fellow and it has been really entertaining sharing a little time with you thanks so much
0: you're welcome this has been great see you next time